0: Welcome, everybody, back to Waggle and Whiff 2019. Holy Happy New Year, Scotty. Holy, yes. Can you believe it? We're still here. We haven't <laughs> left. It's 2019. I think this is something like our. Fifteenth episode of doing this. It's uh, it's yeah, fifteenth episode, I think. So we we're still going strong into a new year. Oh, that, well. That's so technically we've we spanned across two years.
1: That's, <laughs> that's a start. Hey, we haven't left yet. Um, I don't yes. Feel any
0: different? But you know, it's twenty nineteen. Yes,
1: and I I know we've been talking throughout the holiday season, and um, I know we wanted to do one last week, but we've had some crazy instances happen. And so it's actually calls to where we're at right now back in your kitchen that's and right. I just want to give you the opportunity to tell the listener well everything that's going on and briefly about your living situation.
0: Yeah, we've uh, we've had quite the holiday season. Uh, it was uh, it was great to spend time with friends and family. we were back east coast, we we're traveling a lot. Uh, in Cleveland and Connecticut, all that stuff, but in the meantime, right before we left, we found out that we had a potential issue in our guest bedroom with, uh, you know, a potential mold issue. I'll just call it a potential mold issue at this point. Um, so it's been a lot of testing, a lot of tearing walls apart, a lot of, and it's gotten way more intrusive where the, the thing needed to include the entire house. So there's random holes in our ceilings (laughs) and our walls around the entire house, which also means there's still, junk thrown everywhere because the contractors have to get to the walls and the ceilings. So the Christmas tree is bare and standing in the opposite (laughs) corner behind Scotty right now. There is, there's crap everywhere in this apartment. Um, But I spent basically yesterday, almost all of yesterday, getting some stuff off the tree, cleaning up our countertop and our kitchen table. So that's clean for us. So we we come to you guys back from the kitchen. If it sounds a little echoey, but it's been a crazy holiday season up, up in the Griggly household. But
1: but Steve and Emily are safe. Um, I know yeah, Emily okay. can't can't be with us tonight, uh, but she is here in spirit. So. Um, all those that just listen for Emily's takes don't leave us yet.
0: Don't leave us yet. And there's a lot <laughs> of them. I I played golf over the holidays with uh, some guys some guys at my club, and they're just like, oh man, your wife is so good. I'm like, God dang it! Ah. Ah. <laughs> no, she, she is good. She Love is. She it. is. It.
1: But anyways, we uh, we started the year off. with two tournaments in on the PGA Tour, and uh, you know my favorite one of my favorite tournaments to watch every year is Kapalua. Um, to talk about uh, Xander Shaffley winning.
0: Nice yeah Xander came right back and uh, won on the wraparound season in November uh, I think out like in Asia or something he won okay. H- HSBC um, so already a second win of this 2019 FedEx Cup season uh, and he kind of came from nowhere at, at, uh, at the, the tournament champions just blew everyone out of the water on Sunday with a great performance.
1: Yeah, and that's and that's if you look at his wins, I think three of them are from behind. As you mentioned, he won uh, earlier in the wraparound season in a playoff against Tony Finau. Um And, you know, to his credit, Gary Woodland played really well, but he just ran into Shoffley, oh, who was just on fire and hit. How good was that, you know, Woody hit on 18, the high draw, perfect shot. Oh, my God. You know, it was one off, a, was a putt short of... of the course record so
0: hats off to him i think we're gonna have a big year from Xander. yeah he doesn't have a lot of fear in his game which i you love to see players like that um especially the younger players i think there's a lot more to come from him this year i agree all right all right and then uh and then we
1: moved on um to the other island where we have good golf in
0: hawaii and the sony open and maddie kocher wins maddie kocher a lot of a lot of news from cooch this weekend but Another pretty solid performance. Again, a second time winner for this FedEx Cup year uh, from Cooch. He won earlier in the wraparound season in the fall. Um, but that really wasn't the biggest story of the weekend, was it? Scott?
1: No. <laughs> no. Um, and so, so I'll lay this out. Um, and um, I think folks can guess um, how I feel uh, about this. But uh, so Saturday morning, uh, Tom Gillies, who's a former PGA Tour. Player brings out a story via Twitter that allegedly, and this is all this is all alleged now, that um, as Matty Kuchar won at Mayakoba, he hired a local caddy, El Toro, to be uh, his caddy for the week. Matt Kuchar ended up winning this tournament and winning 1.3 million dollars, and the alleging. That Tom Gilley said is that he only paid his caddy three thousand dollars in total for the win. Now that's, that's, most that's three
0: K, not three hundred. Right just now
1: most caddies and players have a relationship that goes anywhere from a ten seven five to a nine seven four agreement, and that's f- uh, usually five percent of whatever the winning is, seven percent of winnings of a top ten, and ten percent of a win. That's usually on top of anywhere between $1,200 and $2,000 for the week, right? right? And then that's kind of the base. And living then living expenses. And then stuff. whatever they get on top of that. Um, and so this is obviously not a good look for Matt Kuchar. Saturday's Twitter kind of turned into craziness because we don't suspect this from a guy like Matt Kuchar. And then Brandel Chambly decides to get in and defended paying a caddy three thousand dollars when you win 1.3 million dollars so i have a lot of different takes on this but i will let you go first and tell me what your immediate reaction is and your reaction right now steve
0: well immediate reaction on twitter when i saw it and heard it and you, you and i were texting back and forth i'm thinking oh my god what a cheap ass i mean that's everybody's first reaction you know the guy makes millions of dollars Um, so you're thinking, "Eh, what a cheap ass, uh, then I, then I referred to, or I, I went to look up, you know, his net worth or how much money he went on tour, you know, and it's, I mean, the guy's, he's worth tens of millions of dollars, right? Um, so to pay a caddy 3k, not a good look. Like you said, totally not a good look. Uh, I will say that as I've kind of, uh, read a little bit more, hurt a little bit more. Now he leaves this gray area. If he just came out and said, look, I, I you know, I paid him, I paid him 30 grand, it's still not 10%. And it's still not like, you know, it's still not a cheap ass, but I, you know, so I could kind of understand it. I don't really know where that gray area is. So I, my take on it, my feeling now, having think of it is I, I, I don't think that a caddy, a local caddy that you pick up at a tournament like that, when your own caddy can't make it deserves a 10% winning check. Um, now, could he afford it? Yes. But, you know, is it, a, is it within his right, in my opinion, to say, okay, I'm going to give you 60 grand or 50 grand, I should say, like that. I think that's within his right to do that. I, I don't think he'd be getting nearly as much heat on Twitter if he did that. So if he did something like that, or even if it was like 25, 30 grand, just come out and say it, because you're just going to protect your image at this point by doing that. But to, to leave the gray area open, I think is a bad move. Let me
1: just ask you this. And what amount do you think would be acceptable after
0: he just won 1.3 million dollars all right so without knowing how much insight the guy gave him if anything i mean if the guy was just handing him clubs all week which i doubt it i'm sure he's giving him greeds and stuff but you know you never know but it, so if if the guy gave him useful advice i think like 60 70 would be appropriate okay i'm with a hundred percent with you
1: um and then let's just play the story out as it later went on um Troon carter from no laying up came on and talked about how kuchar has a representation for having what he described as alligator arms um <laughs> in the atlanta area for basically not tipping and not taking care of people properly mm-hmm. which gives more credence to the story secondly right. i don't think this would be a story and i can't see someone putting this on twitter if he gave him an appropriate amount of money, right? If this was thirty thousand to sixty thousand dollar range, like I don't think then this happens. I think this actually has to come from somewhere. Whether the caddy El Toro himself feels slighted, or someone that knows exactly what he got got slighted, someone feels like Kuchar didn't do a yeah, very good job.
0: Someone thought it was worthy of getting this out there. Exa- hey, exactly. Whether that was him, like backdooring it, or whatever it is. It is interesting to like, I, I mean, it'll be interesting to see if there have been any other instances of like, you know, there's other things like undercover tour pro golf digest as a thing you hear, you know, there's other kind of outlets and ways people could say, Hey, this one time, you know, cooch bought dinner for three people. And you know, the tab is like, you know, three grand, they bought a nice bottle of wine and like the tip, the waiter in, like 150 bucks or something like that. Yeah.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, we'll we'll see. I would love if someone actually goes down there and does some journalism and talks to tour, But this is just not a good look for Kuchar. It's not a good look for his sponsors. It's not a good look. But it, it's a fun story for golf, and I, I think mean, we need awesome stories like this specifically at the beginning of the year, so we don't have to spend time talking about the Sony Open. Mm, yeah. But but anyways, I'll I'll say this, and I think Kuchar handled it the wrong way, which leads me to believe there is a lot of credence to this story because of what Kuchar said about it. He says it wasn't 10%. Well, the follow-up is, why Why wasn't it 10%? Then he said it wasn't 3000 so obviously it wasn't a lot more if it just wasn't that number. So this is totally on Kuchar. Uh, on Kuchar. If Kuchar pays him well, then he should have, like you said, just come out and said the number that he paid him. Because if it was if it was good, Gusha would actually get more props for being the nice guy image that he portrays himself to be and said, Oh no, I took care of him that week and gave him seventy grand. Yeah. So I think at the very minimum, I think fifty grand, which would have been five percent is the least he should get for that week, yeah. knowing that the guy won one point three million dollars. That changes that local caddy's life for at least for the year.
0: Yeah. So and someone had pointed that out on Twitter too. Like, like you know, this change a
1: million dollars doesn't change Matt Coocher's life. Hundred thousand or three thousand or five thousand doesn't change Coocher's life. Fifty thousand, which is the bare minimum at five percent, would have changed this local caddy's life. I want more on this story. I, I can't I'm checking I
0: feel Twitter bad for every the caddy. day I feel bad for the caddy because he he's probably thinking as he's looping like oh shit I'm gonna get somewhere around right. I'm gonna get somewhere around ten percent or maybe just a little less than that whatever and then like what does he do like when he doesn't get it I think my theory on this is he probably backdoored this to get it out there because he probably felt pretty slighted by it, it because he can't he probably can't come out if you think about it and say like, on Twitter himself or whatever, and say like, "Hey, this is fucked up." Like, you know, Matt Kuchar, he would lose his job. You know, I don't know what he. Correct. Correct. So he probably I, wouldn't work for him next year. I'll tell you that. But and the the final
1: two things I'll say on this is number one, um, if this is not true and Kuchar is telling the truth and Kuchar paid him well, then I really do feel bad. I don't think that's the case because this again, this is all alleged. And if Tom Gillies said that he doesn't have the direct source someone told him and he talked to that person. So literally the definition of hearsay. And then number two, I, I, I just don't feel like Kuchar is the type to do that. And it's really changed my opinion of Matt Kuchar to know that he has, you know, as a guy that's won over $40 million in career earnings and he can't write a check for, at the very minimum, 10 grand.
0: Yeah, I, it's, it's um, <laughs> can we say it at the top? It's kind of funny but not a good look for him. And uh, you know, he's like he's the, one of the, like the older guys you would think he's just more of a wiser gentleman even if you are kind of kind of cheap or tighter with your money. Like you got to know like that's if you're doing that and that and this is true then there's a real risk this is going to come out and it's not going to be a good look for you. So, bad PR decision on his on his part more than even a financial one.
1: And speaking of people that are known to not tip great, <laughs> when are we going to see the guy in the red shirt play in 2019 wait do
0: we do we we do we let tiger off the hook for being like a cheap ass i think we do Mac because, because he's tiger right <laughs> what do you think tiger woods tips a cat a local caddy well he wins in mexico
1: well first of all tiger woods would he, never take would a would local never, caddy he would never uh, play the event what we know from the scandal in the books is that he actually pays people off very well <laughs> and also too if we remember the time where he was out
0: that's where he wastes all his money right just paying people well, yeah <laughs> Touch <It's harsh> me. money <laughs>
1: When he was out, he paid Joey very well and kept Joey on salary for the years that he, he basically didn't play. Yeah, um, Joey was well compensated, and we know that. We know that Fluff was well compensated. Yeah.
0: I think it's gotten—I mean, it, there's been—to to your point about the book, there's stories where, like, you know, I, he learned a lot from— in a lot of different things, but one one being financially and tipping and all that stuff. He learned a lot of that stuff from his dad, right? He'd, yeah. And he grew up in a very sort of sheltered, like kind of closed off um kind of thing. So he, he probably got a bad rap for like a couple situations, but that's kind of what I meant by Cooch as well is that like I think as Tiger has become older and wiser, he's come more, you know, he's more aware and more prone to those types of things. He's not going to just like, he's not going to do something stupid Let like me- that. Like I said, it's a bigger oops it's a bigger pr mistake than it is a you know like a okay. financial thing
1: you know um, let me ask you this this question if you win a thousand dollars in vegas
0: what are you tipping the the dealer I'm um, if i win a thousand dollars in like at one table yes. at one time i'm gonna i'm gonna probably tip the dealer at least 100, 150 e- exactly
1: that's yeah. that's all you need to know
0: yeah so
1: when cards. when's Tiger gonna play, Stevie?
0: I I mean, so he says he's playing. Uh, he, you know, a while ago he said he's gonna play down uh, in San Diego at um, at State Farm at Torrey, which is Farmers. I said State Farm, didn't I? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, at Farmers Insurance Open uh, down at Torrey. Torrey girl is is his girl. He loves it there. Um, and uh, I hope we see him there. I hope we see him um, back in form. Uh, if he doesn't play it. I, I don't know. Are you concerned about it if he doesn't play it? Uh, you no. Know, because he kind of committed a while ago. He usually commits at the very end. At the like very you said. last
1: minute. We're recording this on. He's got until Friday, right? He's got until Friday. Um, this is the week of the Desert Classic, so a snoozer. Um, And, yeah, he said he has till Friday. It's all, not even Wednesday yet. So I imagine sometime Thursday, Friday, we'll get a Twitter announcement or – Something on his website, his occasional and new trend for announcing when he's going to play. We know he's in the Genesis. I can't see him playing Waste Management. I can't see him playing to AT&T. So we'll probably do Farmers and then Genesis, and we'll see where the schedule goes from there.
0: See, I I thought before, earlier in the season, that he would take the opportunity to play AT&T because of the U.S. Open at Pebble. So I'm kind of curious as to whether he would do it. I, I agree with you on waste. Man. I mean, I don't think he's going to play anything else, um, but I think he could be thinking well, if I wait a week on State Farm and I just choose, I, if farmers, I can do it again. Uh, if I wait a week for San Diego and I go out and play at Pebble, that might be a better move for him. I don't know. It's just maybe,
1: maybe. Um, you know, you always used to play the Buick before the, the U.S. He played the Buick the year before he played in the U.S. Open in 2008. Yeah. So maybe um i just think that he's kind of been removed from that tournament he's removed from kind of the celebrities and the program last time he showed he got beat by phil so it wasn't a great look for him Mm -hmm. but we'll see um but i expect i expect farmers and then into the genesis
0: speaking of getting beat by phil i thought this was the most hilarious thing as i was looking down the pga tour website (laughs) the other day and you can look at the schedule yeah and it's, it's like all of a sudden in November, you just see like Tiger versus Phil, winner <laughs> Phil, like, like as an actual tour event, like anybody else that, like, why is that even notated on the, on the because thing? it's Tiger and Phil. I mean, right? come on. If
1: this would be read and Speed, <laughs> no, it would
0: definitely wouldn't even be on the website. Well, I mean, I just think it's funny that they even <laughs> acknowledge it. Like, you know, we're, we're going to do this like every year. We're going to be like, okay. Um, anyways. Right. But, I mean,
1: like, are you giving them world ranking points? for yeah. Playing in what this you, thing? Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
0: and, and I mean, there was a whole big thing. I know that like the amount of money they could win was kind of sanctioned by the tour. And like some of the, there's some tour people doing rule stuff there. But I mean, other than that, I mean, it had, it's just a made for TV event. Like, what? <laughs> why is that even listed? <laughs> right. right. I think it's just the PGA tour, just marketing the two people yeah.
1: that make their sport run. And if they can put that on the website, then, you know, more people are interested more people follow it. More people go to yeah. the PGA tour yeah. leaderboard. Obviously we had our own event for that, so I don't know if it was like live streamed on PGA tour uh live. I I don't know. No, it
0: was just bleacher report. But anyways, that's so the reason I was going on the website to kinda look at the schedule is I got reminded uh about I just kinda well got curious and kinda pumped up for the early season schedule because when Hawaii comes, you know, it's like to me this is my real start of the golf year. I see the guys out there in Hawaii, you know they're starting to get ready for twenty nineteen. Primetime golf, beautiful views again. You guys know how I love my beautiful views golf. Uh, and uh, so I'm getting pumped up and I'm like, well, yeah, so I look at the schedule and I'm like, man, this early season schedule, it ramps up. This is the best part about the schedule changes to me is it ramps up important tournaments early in the year so quickly. So you know, you go, we get the Phoenix event, which we all love. We should talk more about that. Are we going or not? I think we're going. Um, I'm going. So we got the Phoenix event coming up Super Bowl weekend, right? We don't really care about Desert Classic this weekend, but we got Phoenix event coming up Super Bowl weekend. You know, we might see Tiger at Torrey. And then you get right into this Florida swing really quick with the players coming up in March this year, which is one of the biggest changes. So there's a lot of firepower, a lot of big events that you saw a lot of big guys, uh, big names playing very early, starting with the WGC uh, in Mexico, which Phil won last year, correct. And you know the WGC events, you I, you think you'll probably see Tiger there. The, he likes to play in those. Uh, so those are usually um, pretty big events, and that rolls right into Honda uh, Bay Hill uh, Arnold Palmer's event, and then um, players, and then the players. Yeah, so. I mean, that's like five big weekends or four big weekends in a row, I should say. And I think guys, are like a lot of names that we saw are going to have to figure out which tournament they want to take off and take a break.
1: Yeah, it's it, it, it ramps up. It, it's so much fun for us as viewers because like, you know, March and, and May are so much more fun now yeah. because, you know, we're going to get, you know, the players moving to March, which is crazy. Everybody's still going to probably play Bay Hill. Then you get in the last part of March. You get the match play down in Austin, and then basically the first week in April, Valero to try to get into the Masters, which is obviously April 11th. Yeah. So yes, like you said, I think everybody will do their schedules around the WCGs and the larger events. Interesting enough, I think it, Adam Scott came out and said that he's not going to play in any of the WCGs this year, which is yeah, really crazy. Yeah. So um, you know he's going about it that way.
0: Yeah, Uh-oh. there's a lot of world ranking points and yeah, uh,
1: a lot of and, money. A lot of why he's doing that, I, I don't know. He also said he's gonna putt with the flag stick in in every tournament. So yeah, I don't know. Maybe you know, all, maybe he's that drinking core, a lot of Bryson. water down there in the Aussie. So. It, yeah,
0: Bryson's been it, it <laughs> got a little real estate in Adam Scott's head there. It seems like. Yeah, I'm just pumped for that early season schedule. I think it's gonna be, I think it's gonna be a lot of fun, and it's just like we're rolling from one big tournament to another, where that schedule was sort of spread out a little more in the past.
1: Right, and And, and you'd see a lot of guys take off this part of the year, or would skip one or two weeks, and you know play
0: maybe one in January, one in February, and then one in March. Put it this way, like you're after the we see the we're gonna see the players much earlier in March, which a lot of people love. And then less than a month later we have the Masters like that's crazy yeah and then after that Beth you're page like, in, in May yeah you get Beth Page. I mean it's gonna be and then you get Beth page in May and then you get I mean we're not gonna be waiting once once March hits we're not gonna be waiting more than three or three and a half weeks for a, a major or big tournament no it's awesome. gonna be it's gonna be fun. Except for the end comes sooner, so it's going to be. But that's a right. Bit we'll have fo- in August. We'll have football, and we'll, yeah. Patriots
1: will probably be good again. So,
0: yeah, at least for another year or two. <laughs> six um, draft picks. You move off Gronk. You got six draft picks. <laughs> so, <laughs> one of the uh, one of the I think other early season stories here that we haven't talked about, Jordan Spieth. Yeah, um, seemed to a lot of people had high hopes. I think I picked him in the podcast to be one of the comeback players of the year. Uh, I, you know, I mean I say comeback player, obviously he's a really good player, he's won multiple major championships but I think that uh, he still has his work cut out for him from what I saw I mean it's one tournament but he looked like, the I think the biggest most, you know, sort of concerning thing for me if I'm looking at Jordan Spieth's 2019 coming up is that it almost just looks like he left off right where he left off, he didn't look comfortable over putts he putted horribly all week um and you know he shot better on Friday but he missed a cut. He yeah. missed a cut in at the Sony Open. Like, yeah, it's not not a exactly place where he show.
1: should do well. It's not a bomber's paradise. It's a place where usually it comes down to a putting contest and angles and thinking man's golf course. You would think he would play well there. And I thought it was interesting that he did make the cut. I'm not writing him off. However, I no. think there's a lot of people in the golf committee or in the golf world that when he was when he won his you know when he won at Augusta or he won. A couple of his John Deers thought that, oh, my God, this is another Roy McCoy, This is another Tiger Woods. And I just think we jumped the boat way too early. Now, Jordan Spieth's problem is that, number one, he's he's not long and he's crooked off the tee. That's not a good combination to win on tour. Yeah, he didn't drive it well either. So I think think he was 148th, um, if you look at last year's statistics and strokes gained off the tee, 148. That's not mm-hmm. going to get it done. Certainly not going to get it done in any of the big boy tournaments or the big majors where you have to drive it far and into the fairway. Yeah. So, you know, he's got to figure that out. And you would think that, yes, early part of the season, he would try to figure it out before he has to go to an Augusta, yeah. Page, a Pebble type of thing. So I'm not writing him off, but um, I'm not picking him for anything until he figures that driver out.
0: No, I, and I picked him, I think, in my, that last show for Masters, so we'll see. But like to your point, you have to—so the putter is his big problem, right? But that's because the putter is only, quote-unquote, the problem because that's where he made up all the strokes in the past because yeah. he's not a, a long driver of the golf ball. So when you, know, you get into those tournaments, you have to make up those shots elsewhere, and he made up all those shots around the green. So if you're starting to drive it crooked or even somewhere in the middle of the pack on the tour— all of a sudden, you've lost you've lost all of your edges. So if you're not consistently in the fairway and giving your chance, yourself a chance at birdie putts, and when you are getting a chance and you're missing four or five footers, like it, it's there's too many things that can go wrong or spiral once that the strength of your game gets taken away.
1: Yeah, and I know I know again, like I think you hit the nail on the head that we all look at the putting statistics and thought that oh my god, this is the best putter we've seen since yeah. Tiger Woods came along. But it's hard to putt well when you're hitting it from the trees can't go at flags you can't hit it as close yeah so all these things are regarded i mean we both play golf all of our listeners play golf like put me 100 yards out in the middle of the fairway and put you with a seven iron back in the woods i'm gonna make more putts just because of where i'm hitting the ball from so you know they're all all of these statistics are related
0: yeah absolutely that's why the strokes gained is a a good good category statistics um so those are those are the big early early season stories. We also got the new rules on hand, which yeah. we've seen. So we saw, we saw Bryson putting with the flag stick in. Uh, we all saw uh, multiple people doing it, but Bryson obviously more than others. It was a little weird to see. Um, I did see a social media video last night, kind of edited, I think, by someone on Bryson's team. It was, was kind of cool. It was a little behind the scenes um, about like his preparation for. Uh, you know, putting with the flagstick in, he's had to ask rules guys like, well, if I have a four foot putt, like what if the flagstick's like hitting me in the ear? Like, do I like, can I take it out myself or like, so it was kind of cool. He's like asking all these questions. Um, but, uh, he putted with the flagstick in a lot. I- I'm, st- it's starting to almost, I-, I gotta say this. It's almost starting to, I'm still a flag stick out guy myself. But it's almost starting to seem a little bit more normal. The more you see balls like hit a that and drop in, or hit around the, like catch a flagstick and drop into the edge of the hole, I'm just thinking to myself like I'm not a physics guy. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna claim to be one. But it it almost seems like it's a little bit easier. I I don't know why. You're not measuring the coefficient of restitution. Nope. No. Nope, okay. Not doing that. Okay. No exactly. coefficient of restitution. So
1: yeah. No. He putted well, and he knew he would um this is his story this is how he's going about it hats off to him but you didn't see anybody else in hawaii really do it no
0: not the winner not xander <laughs> right
1: <laughs> the photo was out i like what jt said about it and jt said i can't imagine myself on like the cover of sports illustrated taking the
0: winning putt and the flag stack being <laughs> in with the picture and it's so true however like maybe those I, are I just, just things we're just aesthetically used to though like you know what i mean But golf is a game of tradition. I
1: I can't see this taking over. I guess my question to you and to our listeners would be in your Saturday game or in your Sunday morning match play game, do you see a lot of people now putting with the flag stick in? I I have not
0: seen that yet. Um, But I I just think like you get used to – I I can't think of a good analogy right now. But there's so many things I thought were like horrible at the time that have come out and like you you just sort of get used to them. And like – I think if you just sort of get used to the fact that like you're looking at the flag stick, you kinda you you hammer the putt a little bit faster than you normally would. You just let it hit the thing and go in, it could free people's it could free strokes up, it could make it a little easier. I don't know. I'm just saying I'm not going with it. I
1: don't like it. I'm not going with it yet. It's almost as bad as It's still distracting to me. It's almost as bad as the new drop rule of how you drop the ball now before you hit it. (laughs) <laughs> and just yes. for, just for a point of clarification for all of our listeners so before 2019 you dropped the ball from shoulder height if the ball came to shoulder, shoulder height yeah, yeah well height um and then when the ball hit the ground if it was within a two club length semisphere, that ball was deemed in play and you were to hit the ball now it's changed where you drop from knee height but not only can you drop from knee height now? You must drop from knee height now. How And if you drop from shoulder height and then hit the ball in a penalty area, that is a two-shot penalty now. But you still can drop the ball from shoulder height and then re-drop from knee height and be okay, <laughs> which so, makes no sense in the world. We see this rule being abused. Bryson, our boy for all the new rules in Hawaii, actually went down to one knee and dropped his golf ball, and was deemed that is okay from the rules official.
0: So, that, which is a really interesting little spin on it, because I'm, I'm, I'm very curious why the rules official said that that was okay, because I'm, I'm almost, I haven't read the, the rule book, but does it say anything about the ability to take a knee? If it doesn't say anything about the ability to take a knee, you would think the standard response would be, no, you can't do that. But explicitly the rule states that it just must be taken
1: at knee height. But it doesn't clarify of what happens to get to knee height.
0: So could I lay down on the ground and just like raise my arm up and be like, yeah, that's about knee height and then just drop it? Uh, you would have to have a rule. Official <laughs> and I, that's I think the problem with the rule is
1: it's going to be determined on a rule, rule basis by basis of what we determine as so, knee height. So I thought – I would say if you lay down, that's not knee height.
0: Yeah, unless, but you could raise your arm.
1: Well, you could raise your knees, like raise your legs, yeah. I guess, right?
0: Everybody on tour is going to now need to measure <laughs> the the length from the bottom of their foot to the to their top of their kneecap. And then you're going to have to uh, be measured every time you drop a ball. No, I'm kidding. But uh, that, so one of the things that also surprised me, and you went over the whole rule, but I didn't know that it was a rule that you couldn't drop it from your shoulder or you couldn't drop it from other lengths higher than your knee. I thought originally before Hawaii that as long as it was like you could drop it anywhere you wanted at any height you wanted to, but you can now bring it as low as Mm. your knee, which I think makes a lot more sense. But the problem I, I literally just thought about as you were talking with that where I could see people abusing the rule is that if you drop from shoulder height and you're in a situation where there's a higher likelihood that the ball will roll away out to more than two club lengths. So let's say like I'm on a little bit of a slope, right? I want to I drop it at shoulder height because I know it's just going to hit that slope and run more than two club lengths away. And if you do that twice, you get to place your ball. Correct. So you could basically say, I'm just going to drop it from up here so I can now place it. Whereas if you drop it from your knee, there's a greater chance it sticks.
1: Let me ask this. Why don't we just place it to begin with right now? It makes a lot more sense.
0: Yeah, I guess that, yeah. I, I mean, if you're going to allow people to do it from knee height, that's a good point.
1: By the way, the USJ experimented with 1 and 3 inches off the ground before they decided on knee height was the appropriate. Yeah, why are we inch.
0: dropping the balls at all? But uh, I, I would love If we're going to allow ourselves to like go from knee height so that it improves our chances of a lie anyway. And like, if this
1: is just, and if all of these rules as the USJ told us last year are just to improve pace of play, yep. let's just place the ball within one club link with the intended. Yeah. Yeah. That makes so much more sense. You don't have people dropping. I don't have a rules official that I has to be there to watch the drop. And, there's and you no,
0: drop it two times and it rolls away. Hey, and it's there's, like, n-
1: there's no crazy thing that Bryson's trying to do to lay at a semicircle angle to get the better result, and then just place yeah. it within one club length. It makes so much more sense, and that will speed up the game. I don't know about you, but like, I can't. I, that. Re- I, I can't remember like being in a match. Or in a foursome on like a Saturday and like telling, like watching somebody drop the ball to make sure, like, no, like, if they can want to drop the ball, just drop the ball.
0: Yeah. Well, I just think, uh, like, to your point, the greatest point is that, like, you're trying to improve pace of play. So that's one of the reasons you're allowing people to drop it from the knees so that they, for the most part, get a better chance at a good lie. Right. So if you're going to do that, just, just let them place the ball.
1: The USGA needs to offer an addendum to this rule or do something because it's just going to get abused and talked about and more controversy and a bad look for the USGA.
0: Yep. Uh, I agree with uh, I agree with let's just place the ball. Speaking of good <laughs> ideas though, by the yeah. way, you know what someone brought up to me on the course, which let's you which you which you hated a lot of the time? There is some I don't know where it is, but someone said that they've played at a course that offered battery powered leaf blowers. Fuck yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> Battery-powered leaf blowers, and your and your. I lost two balls on the leaves last time I played at in L.A. There's not even supposed to be leaves in L.A. But <laughs> well, in the that's winter, supposed to be are. rain in L.A. Either, and it's been a torrential downpour last two <laughs> days. But I was like, wow, that really happens. I love it. I love it. I'm all in on I'm, on on battery-powered leaf blowers for fall. Ball. Yeah, we know. I'm
1: gonna <laughs> get you one for your birthday.
0: Are you? Hey, sure. speaking of birthday and presents, well, it's you know, it's not really a birthday present. It was a Christmas present, but. Shout out to uh, Ryan, sister-in-law's boyfriend. Hello. Got us all Waggle and Whiffers some Pro V1s with uh, the Waggle and Whiff logo stamp. So shout out out to Ryan. I've already lost one sleeve (laughs) in like nine holes. But I'm going to save one sleeve, so it's not going to get used. Awesome.
1: Yeah, I'm going to save mine, Ryan. Uh, Thank you very much for the thoughtful uh, gift and your contribution to Waggle and Whiff. For anyone that has no idea what we're talking about, on my personal Instagram, I took a photo of it. You guys can go check that out, and we'll put we'll that on the Waggling
0: we'll, with Pod and give Ryan his uh, uh, shout out. Oh yeah, we'll do it on the uh, we'll do it on our Instagram as well. So uh, that's it. New rules. We're gonna. I'm sure we're gonna hear more about these new rules. It's gonna be a topic of discussion. I feel like on the pod all year because it's a, you're gonna something's gonna happen. You know, somebody's gonna often. use it
1: someone's. There's no way Bryson's not studying well, right now just gonna, how to like drop it from the knee and gain an advantage. People they're, are just gonna forget
0: too. Like people are like I, that's happened a couple of times in Hawaii too. People just went up to shoulder height and just dropped it because they're so used to doing it. Right. Know? I can't wait to someone calls someone on that. Um. What do we got for plans? We got a couple more minutes here. So yeah. So um, we got we got big plans for 2019. So, so Phoenix Open. Phoenix Open, which is
1: at Super Bowl week. Yep. Um. I know we plan to go. Um, Patriots so that, gear and all. Patriots gear and all. There's a Super Bowl party, so hopefully you and Keegan can go crazy <laughs> for the Pats. Um, yeah. I'm driving down to Tory. It'll be on site Wednesday and Thursday next week. Oh, are you? Good. So, so hopefully...
0: Hope to see a big cat sighting.
1: Hopefully yeah, hopefully we'll have a big cat sighting. Even potentially maybe get somebody on the pod, walk yeah. around, maybe show our listeners some of the
0: grounds there. Mm-hmm um uh i'm around next weekend too so let's talk about that i, I haven't made plans to drive down but we got to get our stuff in order here 20 like we said earlier 2019 the start to the year has been very interesting with all the shit going on in our, in Steve, our Steve, uh, you don't even have a home right now let's just yeah. be honest <laughs> so so it's been tough to plan we'll i know get, we're
1: gonna do a waggle and whiff trip
0: but we're gonna do that at some point i think
1: we're talking about the prairie club yeah so um i know we need to contact them and and see you know what they're allowing allow us to bring the mics and and whatever that's right maybe even trying to play some golf um up in northern cal for, to be at the u.s open hey, so we got a lot it. of golf early on here in 2019 we're gonna make
0: it happen it's gonna be a busy start to the year but all, all good things to come as soon as this uh as soon as this place gets back together <laughs> we'll, be, we'll be back on track uh so thank you guys um we got anything else, Scotty? No, um, but again, yes. Thank you. We're back. We're full
1: year. We're going full board. I've made it a New Year's resolution to get more, do more posting. yeah For so check that, all that out, and uh, we'll be
0: with you next week. All right, guys. So don't forget to visit us uh, on the Instagram. Waggle and Whiff Pod is the username. Uh, we we got a Gmail account. You got questions. You got things you want us to discuss. You want to give us some feedback. Email us. Waggle and Whiff at gmail.com that's waggle and whiff with the letter n in between just all one word uh and we got a twitter as well same thing waggle and whiff don't forget to check us out on itunes subscribe rate and review we love your feedback we will talk to you guys next week later see you guys